Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On 700 WLW. Jeff Bellinger back with us. Hey, listen, this news today with uh, Moderna and its vaccine, uh, this will do a lot of different things. It'll keep, uh, hopefully keep a lot of us from getting COVID-19. And hopefully it'll help the markets along the way. It looks like it's already doing that, huh? Yes, it does. Uh, and uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci says the news on Moderna's coronavirus vaccine is as good as it gets. Fauci was on CNN when the news broke, so how lucky was CNN? Uh, Moderna says a preliminary analysis of a late, a large late-stage clinical trial suggests its shot was more than 94% effective. This comes just a week after Pfizer reported its vaccine was found to be more than 90% effective. Now, both uh, shots use a technology called messenger. RNA that's never been used before to create an approved vaccine. Moderna's a shot said to have uh, one advantage over Pfizer's, and that is it's stable at refrigerator temperature for 30 days. Stable. See, the other one has to. Yeah, the other one has to be stored. I think at 40 below zero, 80 below zero, something like that. Yeah, way way down yeah. Uh, below, and has to be thawed and uh, used uh, within a few days. Yeah, banks are getting bigger. At least one bank is getting bigger, huh? Yeah, PNC Financial, a big uh, regional bank, has a deal worth more than $11.5 billion. PNC is buying BBVA USA bank shares from its Spanish parent company. Uh, BBVA USA has more than 600 branches in seven states. And with this deal, PNC will have a presence in 29 of the nation's 30 biggest markets. Wow. Well, we're, uh, they're big out here in Cincinnati, in the greater Cincinnati area. Household finance is holding up quite well. Really? This is kind of... Uh, strange considering we've been in a pandemic and a lot of people have been out of work. Yeah, it's a bit uh, surprising. The government uh, will release its report on October retail sales tomorrow. It's expected to show another solid advance, though the increase could be a little uh, weaker than in September. It is counterintuitive uh, given the business lockdowns earlier this year and the surge in unemployment. But overall, Americans' household finances are in good shape. Economists say that points to how strong the economy was going into the pandemic. Well, I'm counterintuitive, too, but look at me. Uh, The bell's going to ring here in about an hour and 20 minutes. How are we looking? Futures are mixed. S&P futures are up 38 points, and the Dow futures are up 506. But the Nasdaq is full of companies that have benefited from lockdowns, such as Peloton and Netflix. So the uh, Nasdaq is lower on the prospects that we'll be uh, out of this uh, coronavirus mm. pandemic sooner rather than later. Mm. From Bloomberg, I'm Jeff Bellinger on News Radio 700 WLW. A12, A12. Ken Brew for Mike McConnell, 700 WLW. Glad you are with us. Hope you're doing well on this Monday. Here we go. Got to get through Monday to get to Friday. Can't get to the weekend till you start the week. That's the way I look at it. Well, another week begins, and uh, still no concession from the uh, president. The president has his heels dug in and continues to fight the election results in the courts, not having a whole lot of success there yet, but he promises that there will be some sort of legal action this week that will be successful on his part. We'll see. He has not conceded. 
Steve Roberts, ABC News political analyst, standing by here to talk with us about that. Uh, Steve, good morning. Have you conceded anything? Yeah, I think that the, <laughs> I, I think that the Washington football team is as bad as the Bengals. <laughs> well, at least there's one concession out there in the nation's capital today. But I guess, uh, but here we go. It's another week, and um, the president has his heels dug in. Well, yeah, and, and I think in some ways this is very unfortunate. Look, he has the right to contest uh, an election if there's any evidence of fraud or, or mismanagement, but there isn't any. And, and every Republican um, official has said that who's been responsible for an election. Let's remember there's a Republican governor in Arizona, a Republican governor in Georgia, Republican secretaries of state. They've all said there's no evidence of any fraud, and yet the president keeps up this drumbeat. I think he's doing it partly because he wants to raise money. I get uh, he sends out dozens of uh, email solicitations a, a, a day, but also I think he wants to keep his political base happy. And uh, but uh, at some point, um, the system has to work, and at some point, the process has to continue, and at some point, Joe Biden has to take over. Uh, and you have the country is facing, you know, an enormous problem with the pandemic resurging, and it's not just containing the. Um, uh, the medical and the, and the health uh, dimensions. It's the economic side of it, too. Um, in Cincinnati and everywhere else, look what happened you know, in, in Cincinnati with that bridge collapsing across the river. And there's a lot of issues uh, around the country that need doing, and, and the next president's got to get into office and, and, and uh, uh, take responsibility and be given the information that he needs. And, Trump just won't budge. Yeah, I, I tend I, I tend to view this more with a jaundiced eye. I look at these these centrist Republicans. You, these guys that are calling for him to like move on, let's go. Uh, almost all of them, maybe with the exception of the guy in this state who who is I think seventy eight, seventy nine years old. They're all going to be in Iowa in two years. Rubio's going to be in Iowa in two years. The guy in Arizona is going to be in Iowa in two years. So I just wonder about whether or not there's something afoot with with them and how they would feather their political nests. What about that? Well, look, everybody uh, filters uh, situations through their own political self interest, but I also think that it's possible. Joe Biden. Uh, spent 36 years in the U.S. Senate, and he had many relationships across the aisle with people like Rob Portman and Mike DeWine, when DeWine was a senator and Portman now is a senator. Um, And uh, I think there's at least a slim possibility that he can renew some of those relationships. I mean, Trump has polarized everything, and with Trump out out of the way, at least to some extent, at least there's some possibility that Biden can um, uh, forge some some bipartisan agreements on at least a modest agenda. I mentioned infrastructure and the bridge across the river. I mean, uh, that kind of problem is happening all over the country. You look at the issue of drug prices. Every Democrat and Republican can agree that Americans pay too much for drug prices. Uh, all around the world, people pay a lot less for their pharmaceuticals. Everybody can agree that the uh, economic fallout from the pandemic is crushing small businesses and, and crushing renters who can't afford to, to pay the next month's rent, and, and, and the government has to step in and help them. So there are issues where you can see from a perspective of the, of the national interest uh, incentives for people to get together, but the politics are pushing them apart. Yeah. How much, and, and, and again, we don't know, This is I know this. a lot of this is just, uh, pre-game analysis, but how much do you think what he is doing affects what is going to happen on January the 5th in, in Georgia? There will some that will say, well, he's keeping the flame alive and he's banging the drum so that 
it doesn't all go blue in the Senate. Others are saying, hey, look, you know, this is counterproductive to what those two uh, Republicans are trying to get done in those Senate runoff races. Where are you on that? Look, I I do think it's true that a lot of Republicans are are, uh, calculating their short-term political uh, posturing uh, in terms of the Georgia runoff because they, they don't want the Trump voters to be disheartened. Let's remember... It's kind of a mixed bag in Georgia. On one hand, the two Republicans in the first round of voting, there were more Republican votes for Senate candidates than for Democratic candidates. On the other hand, Biden won that state. He won it narrowly, but he won it. So uh, both sides are trying to calculate their, their political advantages in Georgia. And I do think a number of Republicans are holding back uh, because they don't want to disillusion or, or, or undermine um, fervent Trump voters in, in, in Georgia, they're not going to vote Democratic. The question mm-hmm. is whether they vote at all. You know, and, and it's turnout that, that worries them. But um, no matter who wins, wins those elections, Joe Biden is going to face a very divided Senate. He's going to face a very divided House. He's going to face a very divided country. And one of the things that's so different, Ken, from when Joe Biden um, – 12 years, and he left the Senate 12 years ago, and after 36 years in the Senate. And uh, he is facing a very different information environment. Uh, Barack Obama talked about this over the weekend in several interviews he gave um, uh, promoting his new book, which is just out this week. And he talked a lot about the fact that Americans get their information from such different sources today that there's no common agreement on the problems. There's no common agreement on the facts. And that makes anybody's attempt, whether it's Biden or anybody else, to solve the problems you and I have just been talking about, take the issue of, of, uh, of drug prices, to take one example, or infrastructure. If you can't even agree on the facts, let alone you know, an issue like COVID, if you can't agree on the facts, how do you agree on a solution? And that is one of the enduring and endemic problems that any leader from any party is going to be facing going forward. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't doubt that for a nanosecond. By the way, you'll be home at halftime on Sunday, I guarantee you. I've covered enough games in that stadium to know the exit route, so if you need a, you know, need one or two of you to get home or I've been, I've, been, I, I've been a season ticket holder of the four, team formerly known as the Redskins the day they opened FedEx Field. I will be taking my three grandsons. Uh, and I don't care who wins. I just want to be with them for the day. <laughs> That's fantastic. Steve, we'll talk next Sunday. Uh, next Monday, we'll figure out what happened on Sunday. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, right. Ken. It's 820. Let's get an update on traffic right now. Here's Chuck. Chuck, would you go see the Bengals and Redskins if you lived in Washington, D.C.? Or, I'm sorry, the Washington football team. The Washington football team. Yeah, I'd still go. But if you're hiding the fact that you're bald... When you're trying to date Ms. Wright, do you think she has a right to be upset when she finds out after you meet? In other words, deception. They call this thing hat fishing because a lot of guys on their let's their, their Match.com, for example, pictures, they're wearing hats. And trying to deceive this, this young, unsuspecting woman. Standing by to talk about all of this, she is a dating and relationship expert. She is Jennifer Styers. She's a good guest to this program. We've had her on before, and we just love it when she makes time for us. Hello, Jennifer. How are you today? Hello, Dick. How are you? So I'm, glad to be back. I'm glad you're back with us. So this is no different than putting up a picture of you maybe from 20 years ago and trying to pass it off as you today. When someone wears a hat, 
and tries to conceal the fact that they may be follically challenged. Am I right? You are correct. And, and this has been going on for quite some time, and, and women are on to it, guys. <laughs> we know what you're doing. So, you know, I mean, it, you only get so many pictures on a, a dating app, but if most of the pictures are with the guy with the hat on, we know the guy probably doesn't have hair. So yeah. it's yeah. you're only fooling yeah, and it's, but like I said, it, it's 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 one thing to put a picture like that up. The idea is you want to meet somebody or meet a potential partner. If you're going into this thing with a lie, where do you think it's going after you meet them? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and I think that there's the whole idea of filters too. I mean, there's so much. There is so much deception. Uh, in photos these days and so much potential for it. And at the end of the day, like the, the hat thing, though, the ball thing, that's kind of a big thing, right? Yeah. I mean, let's say maybe somebody's 10 pounds heavier than they were in their picture or, um, you know, they, they gave you a glamour shot and they're not as glamorous <laughs> in person. There's some things you can look past, but the ball thing, like we, we, you've got to let somebody know that because that, that could be a, a deal breaker for somebody. That's a big thing, hair or no hair, right? Right, right. Well, 40% of women feel that they'd go no further with a potential love interest if they were hatfished, and more than a quarter of adults also admitted that when they're going through dating apps, Hair is a big thing. I, I, it must be for women because I know it was for me when I was on those sites. I want to, I, you know, I mean, I'm looking at hair. I want to see what hair looks like. So I think yeah. it all goes back to being honest. If you don't go into any relationship being honest, chances are those that relationship is is not going to work, business or personal. But some of these people that are on these sites, what I discovered is like I saw pictures, it's like, the woman was like, you know, she had a hat pulled down over her face or she was hiding behind a tree or something like that. And I'm thinking, like, what the hell's going on with you? What are you trying to hide? I don't know what's wrong with some people. But if if it's you, show you. And if you's not good enough, well, then you's not good enough, right? Exactly. And same with the hat. So I'm a matchmaker also and, and a dating coach. And I will say there are some women that love bald men and there's some women, 40 some odd percent, um, I would say it's more, that won't date a guy that's bald. So at least put it out there so she knows what she's getting because she's not going to stick around when you show up and you don't have hair and you, you know, you, you played her. So right. that, that's Work. Is it yeah. is it bad after you see someone whose profile looks interesting and the rest of them looks interesting, but he's wearing a Bass Pro Shops hat uh, pulled off to one side? Is it is it is it rude to send <laughs> someone a note and say, "Hey, would you mind taking the hat off so I can see what you look like"? Oh, as a matter of fact, that's a really great idea. You know, I'd love to see your I'd love to see your hair. I mean, if the guy that's all he's got is hat pictures, which <laughs> Baseball caps are super sexy, um, but if all they have is hats, there's no, you know, let me see what's underneath. Do you have any pictures without a hat? I mean, that's okay to ask. Yeah, and women, women do yeah. this too. It's not just men. Like I said, I saw pictures of women with, you know, you know, big chapeaus, you know, and wide-brimmed hats and all that. I mean, you know, then, you know, maybe, maybe underneath it's, you know, it's beginning to thin out. I don't think it's just confined to men doing this. 
And that that is very true. I mean, a hair thinning happens with women as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's often, but it certainly does. And um, you know what? Any time that, like you said, somebody hiding behind a tree or <laughs> or whatever. I mean, that there's all forms of deception. Just pay attention and make sure to ask a lot of questions. And everything is available to us as well because. If just because you're on a dating app doesn't mean you can't go look that person up, Google them, look them up on social media. I mean, check it out. I will. I will. Well, I won't check it out. I'm happily married. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) – if I were single, uh, Jennifer Stiers, you can find her on lovejen, L-O-V-E-J-E-N-N.com. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a great day. You too. Really, I, 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 when I was uh, when I was single and I was on these sites, there was this chick hiding behind a tree. I, what are you What are you doing back there? It's eight twenty eight News Radio seven hundred WLW. This is the Zach Taylor Report, brought to you in part by Hawksworth Blood Centers and by Skyline Chili on seven hundred WLW, the home of the best mint. On 700 WLW. We're going to get into this whole Moderna uh, vaccine and Pfizer vaccine, which I don't want to lose in the shuffle, too, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Right now, let's go to New York. Here he is, Jeff Bellinger, and this Moderna news is very big to the market, is it not? Yes, it is. Uh, Right now, the uh, Dow futures are up 470 points. Uh, S&P futures are up uh, 33 points. NASDAQ futures are down 35 points. The NASDAQ is full of uh, high-tech companies uh, like Netflix and Peloton and Zoom that have benefited from the lockdown. So this they could stand to hurt if uh, things return to normal. And I, and I understand Qualcomm is going to sell some chips. Are, are these regular or barbecue Pringles that they're selling now? Uh, extra crispy. Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
<laughs> they have a special permission to sell mobile phone chips to uh, Huawei. Despite the government's restrictions on doing business with Chinese firms, Reuters reports Qualcomm has been granted a license to sell several products to Huawei, including some 4G chips. The company has applied for additional licenses as well. Those applications are said to be under consideration. In a non-COVID environment, this is really a hot time for retail between now and the end of the year, but uh, we'll find out here how hot it's going to be, but it's going to get a lot of attention this week, especially. Why so? Yeah, a lot of the data is is backwards looking, though. Uh, the uh, government reports on October retail sales tomorrow. Economists expect to hear that uh, sales rose more than rose half a percent last month, uh, not as much as in September, but still a solid number. And a lot of the big retail chains released quarterly results this week. We'll be hearing from Walmart, Target, Home Depot. Lowe's, Macy's, Kohl's, mm. and uh, L Brands. So yeah. right, right at this point, as we reported uh, last half hour, uh, household finances are said to be holding up quite well despite high unemployment, and uh, retail sales have not been doing badly. Yeah. Well, let's see what the market does here. What's the indication, at least, here in the next half hour? Well, as far as the Dow is concerned, uh, those futures are higher, 433 points at the moment. Uh, S&P futures are up 31, could see a pullback for the NASDAQ. NASDAQ futures are down 38 points. From Bloomberg, I'm Jeff Bellinger on News Radio 700 WLW. All right. Good always to check in with Jeff Bellinger, who always gives us that crazy feeling several times in the morning. Ken Brew for Mike McConnell, good to have you with us. Again, the big news today, Moderna has announced that its vaccine in final trial, 94% plus effective. 94% plus effective. Uh, Late last week, Pfizer said it had a vaccine for COVID-19 that was 90% affected, though it has to be stored at 80 degrees below zero. Here to talk about more on COVID vaccines is the guy we turn to whenever it is COVID, whenever it is vaccine. He's Dr. Dean Finelli. He's a partner in the Intellectual Property Department at Cypress Shaw. It's an LLP in D.C., but he has over 20 years of experience in pharmaceutical and biotechnology. And uh, Dr. Finelli, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Good to join you, Ken. Glad to have you back. 90% sounds like a very robust number, better than any flu shot that we get from year to year. How do they hit the bullseye so squarely? Yeah, this is really great news. And if you think about it, over the summer, the FDA put out guidance and guidelines, and they were looking for at least 50%. So hitting 90%, although preliminary, we'll have to wait until the results come out. Uh, is very good news. And as you mentioned, you know, when we think about the flu vaccine, that's typically 40 to 60 percent effective, and that saves millions of lives each year. So 90 percent effective uh, based on the initial announcement from Pfizer uh, should be have people very optimistic. So this is a two-step vaccine. I, I, I don't how, how much time is there in between the first time you get the vaccine and the second time you get it? Yeah, so Pfizer's vaccine is a two-shot vaccine. You get your first shot, you come back three weeks later, uh, get your second shot. And based on the announcement that they made, it looks like uh, the 90% uh, number was based on a week after that second shot. So you come back three weeks later. So you come back three weeks later, and then you know whether or not it's, it's, it's worked or not. Uh, without getting over the top and too technical, what's in these? What, what is in this? I mean, what literally is it? Is it dead COVID-19 cells? Like sometimes you get a vaccine and it's, 
it's uh, it's it's basically what you're getting injected for. W- what's in this thing? Yeah, that's a great question. And when we think about vaccines, exactly like you said, typically you're thinking of either a dead version of a virus, an attenuated or weakened version of the virus, or a surface protein that's indicative of the virus that would elicit your immune response. Here, the Pfizer vaccine and another secondary vaccine that's also uh, one of the top four that the U.S. is banking on from Moderna, these are what's known as mRNA vaccines. They've never been uh, approved before. And basically what that is, as I mentioned, some vaccines are surface proteins. The mRNA codes for that spike protein, which is the protein on the virus that attaches to the human cell, and Pfizer and Moderna are both targeting that spike protein. Yeah, I, w- I was I was reading somewhere, and I can't remember where. Maybe maybe you saw this as well. That this this vaccine, this Pfizer vaccine, has to be shipped and stored at something like forty degrees below zero. Am I right on that? Yeah, ultra cold temperatures, actually eighty degrees below zero, minus eighty. 80. Uh, and the the reason is so mRNA vaccines are very unstable to administer to the body. Um, and they have to be encapsulated in what's called a lipid nanoparticle, and the, the one that Pfizer's using to administer their mRNA uh, in order to maintain stability has to be kept at that very ultra-low temperature. Yeah, I think as a child I was encapsulated in a lipo nanoparticle, but I'm not sure. I'm going to have to ask my dad about that. The uh, So I, 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 in all sincerity, because of, because of, of that kind of shipping and, and storage, uh, this, has, this has to be executed in a very careful manner. Are, are, are flu vaccines, for example, do they have to be stored at a similar temperature? No. So this is uh, unusual, and it will add logistically uh, to, to the challenge of getting this out to everyone. And that's why, you know, ideally we have some of these other vaccines that are in phase three. Hopefully they'll also have numbers because this is going to take multiple shots on goal. But, no, the flu vaccine is typically – uh, you know, you get that at room temperature when you go to your doctor, you store it in the refrigerator, yeah. uh, and it's stable at room temperature. So when Pfizer comes out with this, the majority of the country will be able to get this as soon as April. Those with compromising health conditions and the elderly, maybe before the end of the year. Um, how many of these things is Pfizer going to be able to make? How many How many doses will it be able to make? Yeah, so Pfizer uh, said by this year they should should have a couple hundred million, and in 2021, they're shooting for 1.2 billion doses. Okay, so a couple of hundred million, uh, you're saying before the end of 2020? Uh, well, so so the U.S. has acquired 100 million doses from Pfizer, and it looks like by the end of this year, uh, they may have about 10 to 20 million doses available for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 10 to 20 million doses before before New Year's uh, before New Year's Eve this year in the next six weeks or whatever. But after that, you're saying the majority of these things hit the market in the billions uh, in the year 2020. Yeah, and the president hit it on the mark on that. So I think you know Pfizer said they'll apply for emergency use authorization uh, probably the week of Thanksgiving, and if everything goes ideally with the the data they're submitting, they'll have that approval before the end of the year, and they can start administering to those high-risk people. But for the general public, not healthcare workers, not those with, you know, compromised immune systems or with others, probably Q1, Q2 of 2021. We're chatting with Dr. Dean Finelli about this new vaccine that uh, Pfizer announced this week and how 
uh, effective it is, 90% effective in its, in its third-stage trial. Um, to, to, get a, to get a vaccine from conception to reality is, is usually about a, a four-year process, three- or four-year process. This obviously was done in an accelerated fashion, uh, yet there, there are some that think that the timing of this is, was politically driven. Uh, Pfizer is big farm. Trump was at war with big farm. Uh, the big uh, Pfizer's VP and head of vaccine research said that this was not part of Operation Warp Speed, but yet we know Operation Warp Speed gave Pfizer $2 billion for this back in the spring. Do you think that Pfizer knew that this was ready to go, this announcement was ready to go before the election, and then sat on it because of Trump's war on Big Farm? What do you think? I just don't see that happening. I mean, that would really, that's basically calling Pfizer unethical. It would be unethical to withhold that information uh, and, you know, intentionally wait till after the election. So I don't see that as a likelihood at all. But I will say, you know, just to be clear, Pfizer, they did not receive money from Operation Warp Speed for research and development, uh, similar to, for example, Moderna. But they did, as you mentioned, they received $1.95 billion uh, for the supply of that 100 million doses. So they did receive some funds out of Operation Warp Speed, just not the R&D funds. Well, that's kind of splitting hairs, isn't it? I mean, they got two point, they got $1.952 billion. Um, it might have been for a different, you know, faction of this. You're absolutely right. They did receive money through Operation Warp Speed. Uh, so I think they did back off from that statement and did clarify that uh, they, from the supply side is where that money came from. Dr. Dean Finelli, thank you. And as I say all the time to you and others, just stay healthy because we need you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Ken. I say to Chuck Ingram the same thing. Stay well because we need you. Do not let your voice falter because there are thousands right now that are leaning on their radio. I thought it was doing the right thing when it came out with a unity hoodie. Half of it red, half of it blue, promoting the fact that we are now singing kumbaya politically in this country. What a mistake that was. They got riddled on Twitter and now have uh, been forced to pull the product back. What the heck happened here? Let's bring in our marketing expert. He is Adam Raziri. Adam knows marketing inside out. He is the chief marketing officer of Agency Partners in Iraq. Adam, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. Ken, great to be with you again. I want to ask you about what Gap did. Because yeah. they put up, they, 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 they've come out now, or they came out with a hoodie. And uh, the, the hoodie was half red, half blue, and it said unity. In the middle of a presidential election, in the middle of a country where unity is simply not existent, what were they thinking? Yeah, so, you know, here, here's kind of the deal. So November 4th, just the day after voting closed up, uh, the Gap marketing team posted this tweet that was fully intended to promote this concept of American unity, uh, very clearly following, I would say, one of the most divisive political campaigns we've seen in recent history. And this tweet said this. It said, the one thing we know is that together we can move forward. Uh, the tweet also had two emojis on there. There was a blue heart and a red heart. And, of course, that's to represent Democrats and Republicans, right? So without question, the Gap, as a big retailer, was truly trying to promote this this positive message, uh, obviously expecting that we were going to have a more clear and decisive result. Now, this is a big retailer, right? They don't just 
they don't just release social media messages without thinking about it. They go through an approval process. Uh, they've probably actually had this, this tweet ready to go for over a week. And so my, my guess is that following their, their approval process, I mean, they, they probably create a content calendar at least a month or two in advance. Mm-hmm. So this thing was probably just automatically triggered and ready to go. And here, here's the thing. I think that's, that's unfortunate. They're, they're, now having, they're now having to apologize for promoting a positive message following an American process that allows for a free and fair transfer of power um, following a, a true election process that's, uh, that's uh, you know, intact and has integrity. So obviously this message was planned with this legal battle kind of ensuing, but that's just kind of the reality that we're in. Um, my guess is that the marketing team at Gap probably isn't thinking about when, when Al Gore uh, contested his presidential campaign for about 30 days. They yeah. probably thought this thing was going to be decided Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. Well, so did, so did a lot of us. But, I mean, even if you thought that, think this. 70 million people voted for Donald Trump, and they're not ready for unity yet. I know a lot of people are maybe are exhausted from the election. Uh, there are there are tens of millions of people that aren't accepting the election as it is. They still think there's something wrong with the process in Arizona and Nevada and Pennsylvania. Uh, this is I, I'm a big believer in taking the temperature of a room before I do anything. They clearly didn't take the temperature of the room before they did this. You're exactly right. Like I said, this thing was probably planned to release you know several days in advance. It's not further than that. Uh, the reality is, is this is an incredibly close, close election. Like you said, this is, in aggregate, the most uh, voters that have actually turned out to vote um, historically, um, more so than ever, right? So who could have anticipated that it would be this close? That's just the reality. I, I think probably for this type of message, though, knowing how, how heated this particular uh, political contest is, they probably should have had a quick review before uh, this post went live, but they didn't, you know, and, and that's just the reality. Um, there, there is probably some other things at play here. You know, this, this fairly innocent message from a big retailer that's doing nothing but trying to sell product during a tough pandemic. Um, they're trying to stay relevant. They're trying to stay timely. They're trying to stay positive. A, a lot of brands make a decision to take a really strong approach to the left or to the right. Um, you know, obviously we've seen that with, with a lot of retailers, but here's the gap trying to be more of a centrist, trying to be more of an optimist. Um, but but the, the the thing is is Twitter as a social platform it's not exactly a free and fair discussion. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, so you know you can try to be as positive as you want on Twitter, whether you're a person or a brand. But you're going to have trolls that come out from the right and from the left, and they ultimately are going to throw fuel on a fire that otherwise wouldn't be a fire at all. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for any kind of sanity, Twitter is the worst place to look for it. But honestly, I think as divided as we are. And we are going to remain divided for a long time. It's just, it's just the way this country is. I just think it's, it's probably a good rule of thumb not to weigh into politics, regardless of what your message is. If you're a major retailer or someone that doesn't want to lose half of his or her customers at this point, I think maybe this is a, as well-intentioned as this may be, it could be a good warning shot for a lot of other companies at this point, don't you? Kim, that's, that's good marketing advice, frankly. The, the thing is, is the biggest motivator of a, of a purchase decision is going to be price and quality and also service, if that's a thing, uh, depending on whether it's a service or a product company. 
you know, as a retailer, obviously consumers are going to be watching what big businesses do when it comes to their position on social matters. That's just what the data says. But there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. You know, I think in this case, the gap's probably not going to see any sort of long-term effect from this tweet. Um, but, but ultimately, too, to, to just stay ahead of the game, to stay on top of everything that's going on, and all those conversations that can be super divisive, yeah, focus on providing a great quality of product or quality of service. Try to get really competitive pricing in there. And, and if you have those two things intact, even if your, your leadership happens to have a more political lean left or right, people are still going to buy from you if it's convenient. And uh, probably just take the temperature of the room. Adam Rosari, Chief Marketing Officer, Agency Partners Interactive. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. By the way, the temperature in the room here is 72 degrees, just the way Scott Sloan likes it. He's in here in just a couple of minutes after the news. I'm back in tomorrow at 5 a.m. for Mike McConnell. Ken Brew, 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Hope that help is on. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.